podcast that introduces you to registered, clinical, and certified aromatherapists around the world. I'm your host, Melissa. I'm a holistic life coach and a registered aromatherapist. Join me every other week as we chat with aromatherapists and hear about their aromatic journeys and how they use essential oils in their lives and in their businesses. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Aromatic Chat. This is podcast episode number 11. And today I am chatting with a new aromatic friend. Her name is Suzanne Bolton, and I just met her this week through an Alliance of International Aromatherapists continuing education webinar. Her presentation was so fabulous that it made me all that much more excited to be talking with her today. So here we go. Hey, Suzanne. Hi. (laughs) I recognize your background from the other day. Oh, good. Yeah, it's my office. (laughs) That's what I was wondering. Is this your office? You just answered that for me. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Is it evening where you are or afternoon? Yes, it's 7 p.m. at night. 7 p.m. Okay. How about you? It's noon. (laughs) It's noon where I am. I'm over on Guam. I'm on the other side of the planet. I thoroughly enjoyed your presentation the other day. I am not a clinical aromatherapist, but... I took so many notes. It was ridiculous. Really? Well, that's good. I'm happy to hear that. You know, I I feel like I don't have that much to offer really, you know, in aromatherapy. I don't know. It's just uh, my story, I guess. And then I started writing out who I am and <laughs> going through all of your questions. And mm-hmm. Yeah, but the story is what connects people. Without the story, it's it's not worth it. Well, I really enjoyed the presentation. And like I said, I'm not a clinical aromatherapist, but immediately after the presentation that that day, I contacted a nurse friend here on the island. And I'm like, look, I know I can't work with patients because I'm not a clinical aromatherapist. I'm not a nurse, but I can work with the nurses. How can I get involved? What can I I do? How can I connect? So if I can connect with the Guam Nurses Association and start talking to the nurses, and say, this is an option. This is available. This is out there. There's training. There's a whole different world, you know, maybe open their eyes while we're here. I don't know, you know, but my husband and I both believe God brought us here for a reason. We don't know what it is yet. Maybe this is part of it. I'm so happy you shared that with me. (laughs) You guys inspired me a non-clinical to reach out to the clinical setting. So I think so many people need self-care, you know, yes. the nurses. Yes. And then once you do for yourself, you can do for somebody else. Here on the island, they still are very steeped in the ancient healing arts. So there are some natural healers still here on the island. And oh, it's I'd be very, interested in that. Yeah. Very herbal based and, you know, plant based. I wonder if you could somehow get in touch with some of the, the healers there. I am hoping to, but <clears throat> we arrived here five days before everything shut down for COVID. So I haven't even had a chance to go out and meet people yet. I have like one or two friends here is all. And we've been here a year almost. <laughs> so that's rare for me. I'm I'm an extrovert. I love people. So it's been kind of an interesting ride. But I don't know that many local people yet. And the only way to meet these healers is to be introduced. No, yeah. It's a very, uh, very old way of doing things here on the island. So, you know, you can, you can have that thought out there and um, 
it's out there. <laughs> I definitely am planning to do that when the opportunity presents itself yeah. for sure. I'm doing an aromatherapy segment at this retreat and I'm hoping that there will be people there who are interested and have those connections. Although something will come of that. Hopefully something big will come. So this retreat is going to have a yoga component. It's going to have a meditation component. It's going to have the aromatherapy. Lots of talk about self-care. It's a self-care retreat is what it is. So nice. yeah, there so it is. women from the island. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited. Nice. So Hawaii. A friend said, hey, you want to come to a hula class with me? <laughs> and I'd never been. And I went. Uh, we have a teacher. She's not a kumu, like a guru of hula, but she's very steeped in it and has lived over there. And I think I've known her from a past life or something. So I was taking hula classes and I feel they're so good for my brain and for my body and my spirit. Yes. <laughs> All the things. Yeah, because they call attention to the land, to the people, to the family, to spirit. Mm-hmm. Our family has been very big into the Scottish bagpiping and kilts, the whole thing. And wow. my husband and I have always felt very strongly that if you're going to participate in something, you need to learn about the thing. You know, you don't just show up and play an instrument. You learn about the instrument. You learn about the stories behind it, the culture and everything. Is it similar? It's not just, I'm going to go to my hula class. You're yeah. learning. Yeah the language, just everything. Yeah. That's awesome. I did go to Hawaii for a continuing education with ACHS, the American College of Healthcare Sciences, but it was in Kona. And I actually, I've never been to Hawaii. So I stayed a few extra days, you know, and got an Airbnb and just enjoyed myself. Have you ever been? Yes, I've been three times. Once with my husband and the second time was with our whole hula Ohana, we all went there together. We landed in the big island and then we went to Molokai for a big hula festival. And we even got to dance, which is something that doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Yes. So I think a lot of people, when they think of hula, at least in my mind, they go back to Elvis Presley movies and the hula dancers or the hula hoop. But there's different stages of hula, right? There's different, like, not stages, but different levels or different different types yeah yeah there's the, the kahiko they used to pick the warriors from the hula dancers mm. because initially it was very strenuous you had to do a lot of work to do it and it's very angular and then later the awana came which is soft and flowing and and i like both and, and now i'm finding i like the kahiko a little bit more <laughs> because it's like makes you sit up pay attention. And you don't smile as much, you know, you're really quite focused the story that you're telling. Oh, that's neat. So tell me a little bit about you and your journey. How in the world did you end up at the AIA webinar (laughs) teaching us all about clinical nursing and your story and how you guys went about it? I know this is a journey. You didn't just show up there. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it has a lot of twists and turns. And I think for my interest in aromatherapy really stems from my love of the land and the herbs and the plants. With aromatherapy, when I started working here at Mercy Regional Medical Center, it was even a smaller hospital. It was, I think, like 70 beds at that time. They had a conference that was sponsored by the American Cancer Society and and the hospital. Through that conference, we received a grant. And I was just remembering too that that grant, you know, covered a few things, but one of them was healing gardens. 
And so right outside the cancer center, we would go pick the plants out and we planted them there. The other part of the grant was used for two of us nurses to take an online course with uh, Lorraine Kyle on the Institute of Integrative Aromatherapy because we felt in order to use this, the essential oils, we really needed to be experts. Well, at least to have a better understanding than the general public in the safe use of essential oils. Right. When was that? When was it? Yeah. When did you? It was in the late 90s. 90s. Okay. So I, I think, you know, like with anything I do, I bring it into everything in my life. <laughs> all my friends, my family, my sons, I'm a mother of two sons. They always appreciated, you know, if they ever got sick, they knew they were in good hands and I would try out all my natural remedies on them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so important that we can be able to take care of ourselves before things get way out of hand. Right. But both things are necessary. The regular medical profession and then you know what can you do to take care of yourself to keep yourself healthy right I agree I think that's almost a part that we've lost in our society though you know we just go 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 well we used to before COVID (laughs) go 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 until we fell apart and then we go to the doctor and have the doctor put us back together we had forgotten that we have to take care of ourselves and I feel like 2020 kind of reminded everybody you know, we have to, we have to stop and we have to take care of ourselves. We originally, I'm from Rochester, New York. Uh, I met my husband when I was in the Peace Corps in Columbia, South America. He's Canadian. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then we moved to Florida to help create a yoga center. That was 15 years of our lives devoted to, you know, learning to take care of ourselves through yoga. There's a lot of different branches of it, not just the physical. When I was there, I was also working in the coronary care unit at the hospital. And so we had land that we developed in Florida, Yoga Shakti Mission, it's called. Nice. I just want to share a quote. Truth is our religion. Service is our worship. Knowledge is our breath. World is our family. And yoga is our way. Yoga and meditation. It's a pretty wide base, inclusive philosophy. Where in Florida is the It's uh, in Palm Bay, Florida, which is probably an hour away from Orlando. It's on the coast. Okay. It's not on the coast coast. It's a little bit in Palm Bay, Florida, near Melbourne. Oh, okay. I have friends in Melbourne. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you do? Yes. Small world. Yeah. Oh, world. Is it? Okay. I had a question and it left. (laughs) Yes. Question. It's gone. Oh, Rochester. I grew up outside of Albany. My son got his college degree at Bard. I don't know if you know where that is. You must. Yeah. Small, small world. Well, they have a lot of, you know, colleges, universities. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of things happening. Arts, music. Yes. Sorry. Back to you. That was a little (laughs) bit of a (laughs) sidetrack. Good sidetrack. So you were talking about the yoga studio in Florida where you guys really learned how to care for yourselves. Yeah, it started to get more populated. So we decided to move to um, the mountains in Colorado. This is a little town, 25,000 people, small hospital. And I think you can do a lot in a smaller place sometimes than a bigger place. I started here. We read Mother Earth News before we came and they said, make sure you have a job before you come. 
so I got a job in the ICU there. And then I worked there for a number of years and then went down to cardiac rehab and wellness and cardiac diagnostics. And then from there, we created the TLC team, integrative care. Yeah, that's amazing. Are you still actively nursing? No, but I have an active license. Someone once said, don't give up your nursing license, whatever you do. I do volunteer at at Mercy, just like something what you may be doing in the future, because we did TLC sessions every now and then quarterly before COVID, they would have TLC for the staff. And so we would get all the volunteers to come in and we would give them 15 minute sessions of relaxation and we'd use aromatherapy and did some healing touch. Can you tell our listeners what TLC stands for? TLC stands for Touch, Love, and Compassion. Would you be willing to share with us a little bit about that program that you guys instituted? Yeah, it's a, it started focusing on ways that the patients in the hospital could relax Any of you have ever been in the hospital, you'll know that it's uh, a stressful place when things are happening to you. Um, It's just the way it is. It's not your home. We, through a very circuitous way, we were able to bring complementary modalities right to the bedside of the patient. We were probably about four of us were certified in holistic nursing. We brought aromatherapy, affirmations, imagery, music. We had a little handheld labyrinth. TLC session included one of us going in because with our cart, we would go right to the patient's room instead of them coming to us. This is really important. We would put a little sign on the door. Even the doctors would, (laughs) some would come in, but most would honor that sign and we would let them know when we would be done that a TLC session was in progress. You know, we would just introduce ourselves to the patient, tell them what we would offer them. And it would depend, you know, what they were open to experiencing. If they would like to have everything, we would just weave it all together. If they just would like a shoulder massage, we would do that. Sometimes a a foot massage, a healing touch. We would get to know them a little bit. And what I like to do was at the end, if they were open to having it, is just to give them, I call it the sacred heart blessing. I would put one hand on their heart and one hand on their head. And from what they said, I would give them a blessing for their welfare. Sometimes, you know, just whispering that in their ear. (laughs) You can imagine when you're in the hospital, what an effect that has on people to receive well wishes in an atmosphere that may feel strange and cold to them, but really bringing the caring, the essence of nursing, the caring part there that you were there just for them to listen to them and and be there with them in that moment. That's amazing. I know I've, I've had some procedures done in the hospital, depending on how long you're in there for. I mean, you just feel very alone. Even if it's not a private room, you feel very alone. And how wonderful it is that you guys are able to go in and connect and really be there for that one person in that moment and give them that comfort. That's amazing. I think it is about connection and relationship and 
sometimes, you know, wouldn't even be the patient, it would be, you know, the wife of the patient, he's just been given, you know, this cancer diagnosis, he doesn't have much time to live and his wife has three kids at home. And can you do something for her? And then we would take her to a special room and just do a relaxation. I mean, we went all over. So it wasn't just, you know, on the regular floor, we'd go to the ICU, we'd go to the recovery room, we'd go to the emergency room. And oftentimes we were called when the pain medicine would not work. With us kind of guiding them through some imagery, being there with them, everything worked. (laughs) It was good. Imagery is amazing because our minds are so powerful. We forget how powerful our minds are. We only use that little bit, but there's so much more available to us. Yeah. And the imagery is really amazing. I use imagery a lot with my coaching clients. So tell me, how are you using aromatherapy now? You said you're not actively nursing. You still have your license and you volunteer, but how are you currently using aromatherapy? Before COVID, I used to have classes and I made salves and lotions and bath salts and inhalers. And um, that was really the fun part for me is, is to do this on a more regular schedule with people. And I liked the education part of it. And I liked connecting with the people that would come, the inhalers with the affirmations. And I find that people are really drawn towards the names, you know, so we try to give them real positive names. I have one here that's uh, called Ease. And I have uh, Lavender, sweet orange, frankincense, and jasmine in it. Mm. And, you know, during this time, I've made inhalers for the respiratory system. Also to ground, to help people be right here in the moment, but also to have an ease about being here. With the classes, I just do them in my home, but I also have a, a love for trees. So I like to go on field trips. And in the Southwest, One of the healing salves is pinion, Mm. the resin of the pinion tree. If you just go out looking for it, you'll see that some resin has come down to cover a wound in the tree. And it's it's more, I say, the pinion pine really exudes this resin. So you can just gently scrape it off without hurting the wound or anything. And then I infuse it in olive oil. Sometimes I have one product that I like because I like to work with infused oils is calendula. I call it triple gold, calendula, frankincense, and then the pinion pine. So I like to look with the resins. One thing, I think one of your questions was, how can they experience it? (laughs) And so we live on seven acres and we have uh, ponderosa pines. Mm -hmm. So I just go up and just take a nice deep breath. And usually in the spring, things are flowing a little bit more. And it's, it's a cross between kind of vanilla and butterscotch. So that's very a soothing scent. That's amazing. I've talked about this before in other podcast episodes. I believe we were created to be out among the plants. You know, we weren't created to be sitting in our houses or in our offices 24 hours a day, right? And we've lost that connection with being outside and being in the woods and smelling the trees and feeling the ground and absorbing the minerals and which is why we take vitamins and we struggle with our health so much. But the fact that you get to do that, go out and just be in the trees and breathe it in, there's uh, there's nothing better. <laughs> 
Yeah. Nothing better. And I wonder sometimes my husband's from Oregon and he misses Oregon. And I wonder how much of that has been woven into him being out in the trees and out in nature and hunting and all the things and just being out there. It's like part of his DNA almost. It's just woven in and he misses it terribly. Yes. Oftentimes what excites me the time of year that certain things are only available in June, it's the wild rose. Mm. So the scent of the wild rose, and I, I put it in honey, I heat some honey up and put it in there. And it's just incredible. That's great. So if you had to pick three essential oils, and those were the only <laughs> ones you could ever have, what would they be? And why? Well, I do like the pine, uh, the pinion pine. I like that because it's very good for your skin, good for your respiratory system, which is something that we need right now. Rosemary, no, three is just not enough. I love rosemary. I like the essential oils that pick me up and help me to focus. And I also like the ones that help me ground. My one friend gave me this little aromatherapy necklace, Mm -hmm. and it has little things that you can put the oils in. So I have frankincense, black spruce, and orange in here. Mm. I like the frankincense to really help to ground and protect me. And it's also good for your lungs. And I love lavender. Lavender grows good here. I could go on and on for a little bit. That's four. Um, I'll shoot in black spruce in there okay. too. And, uh, <laughs> rosemary for yeah. your memory. Yes, rosemary for your hair and the lavender. Do you ever burn the frankincense resin or do you just use the essential oil? I do both. I actually infuse the resin in olive oil mm. and I make a salve with that. I have sons that travel and they bring me back these wonderful things like the frankincense resin. Yes. And I even have some oud from the Middle East. Very nice. So I was just, you know, we're talking about resins and all these things. And I'm wondering if the people who are listening even have a clue that you can get an essential oil out of a resin or if they even know what a resin is. So do you want to explain like, what is the resin? What are we talking about when we're talking about resin? So the resin is what the tree, especially the the conifers, um, secrete when they have um, either a branch cut or they have a wound and they secrete this resin to protect the area. It's kind of like a bandage that you would put on yourself. When they harden, they come out like a crystal. So I will take them and just pound them, finer particles, increasing their surface area. And then I'll heat them very gently in a double boiler in olive oil. Nice. And you can also burn the resin like an incense. Yes. Yes. And that yes. that's an even different scent, which I think is, I think it's great. My husband doesn't like smoke of any kind, so I can only do it when he's not home. Yeah. <laughs> I love to burn the frankincense resin. It's just amazing scent. And that always reminds me or makes me think of like in the Old Testament when they would burn the incense as a a pleasing aroma to the Lord. That's what it makes me think of when I'm burning the resin. I think in a lot of traditions, you know, they have something like we have sage here, you know, that you burn and you smudge different places. South America, they have copal, which is a resin. All right. So what is getting you really excited right now 
either personally or professionally, aromatherapy or otherwise? I get excited about a lot of things. <laughs> I'm excited for, for more uh, classes that I can do. I'm continuously making salves and infusing oils. I'm excited actually to be a co-representative here with Linda Berger. For the state of Colorado. <laughs> I know for the state of Colorado, I'm to learn more. I just love to learn about different things. Mm -hmm. Personally, the hula, going deeper into the hula for me is important. And uh, I like to incorporate all the knowledge that I have into my self-care and, and caring for my family and friends. You said something on the webinar the other day that had me drop my jaw. You shared your age. What I would love for you to do, don't share your age what would you say to people who are the same age as you are right now? You were teaching this webinar. You had so much information to share. You had so much knowledge to pass to those of us sitting under your teaching. And then you shared how old you were. And I was like, dang, girl, you are amazing. You're amazing. Because I know people in your age group who've given up. You're going strong. You're not, I don't even think you've slowed down. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so what would you say? What would you say? Here's the stage. Yeah, I have a quote, a quote from Rumi that I like. And I used to put it at the bottom of my emails because it just spoke to me. And this is a blessing for all of you out there. May the beauty you love be what you do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and touch the earth. I think follow your heart. Things will open up. You don't have to know exactly how it's going to happen, but follow, you know, what gives you happiness and keep moving. Honestly, that's wisdom for any age group. I think so. Yeah. Any age group. There's so much, there's too much still left to do. Life is precious, yes. you know, and, and I'm really thinking about simplifying everything, giving things, you know, away and, and clearing. And I teach conscious aging. So I think that's a whole big thing is like not to like be pushing it away, but to notice the gifts that there are in aging. You're amazing. <laughs> I don't you. know if you've been told that today. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wanted to say that to you. You're, you're really amazing. How can people find you? Okay. You just shared that you teach unconscious aging. Um, I did a little Google search and there's not much out there. <laughs> there isn't. The only way that you can find me, well, that I will see it is by my email. So uh, my, my email is my name and it's Suzanne, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E and then A. And Bolton, B-O-L-T-O-N at gmail.com. How about your classes? If someone wanted to take one of your classes, would it be strictly through your email that they would find that? Yeah, I don't have anything online. I don't know if that's the way I should go, but I'd like the you know connection with people. And I, I'm interested really to see how this will all go after this interview. I'm hoping that different doors will open up. Absolutely. I love the idea of the teaching on conscious aging. That's through the uh, Institute of Noetic Science. They've developed a course, yeah. 
And, and are you like just one of the teachers or are you the teacher? Oh, no, there's a lot of teachers. It's an international organization. That's wonderful. We need that. Yeah, we do. I mean, I've always felt that, you know, whatever's coming up, just like getting ready for surgery, you know, I want to know everything, but we should kind of welcome things in and not push them away just to be there with it and have some ease and grace you know if you know what's coming next what i hear you saying is we should live life with intention but i think our society lives reactively so if we can move people toward intention that would be really amazing intention is proactive you know it's like with imagery affirmations you know like where's your focus what you focus on is what's going to come into you or what you'll notice and that's our reticular activating system at work the things that we focus on are the things that we see most if all we're focused on is the negativity in the world that's all we're going to see well i think you're amazing suzanne i wish you luck in your next endeavor in your women's circle Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Well, thank you. I appreciate you so much agreeing to come on and share your story a little bit. Take care. Okay. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to Aromatic Chat. Be sure to look at the show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's Aromatic Chat. This is your host, Melissa, your holistic life coach and registered aromatherapist. You can find me on the web at www.lemonbalmcoaching.com. If you enjoy Aromatic Chat, be sure to leave a review. I will see you in a couple of weeks with our next episode. Until then, peace, love, and aromatics.